You're now entering a restricted zone. Welcome to Area 52. Yeah, hour-ish, probably hour, hour. Yeah, it's pretty it probably simple. shouldn't go, yeah. Bring tissues when you come back in. Yeah, the documentary <laughs> made me cry. <laughs> oh, okay. It's cry tissues. Oh, okay. Cry tissues. Not, oh. not splurge no, tissues. No, not uh, All right. I guess I we have to specify now. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we never know what kind of tissues you well, need here. Well, girls never think of tissues for the latter. Yeah, we usually think of them for tears. Innocence, okay? <laughs> Shedding innocence. <laughs> All right. We'll just, we'll just start there. This is going to be fun. There's no reason Rude to start over. Weird. Okay. That's fine. Talking about tears. I can't. Like, yeah, I'm not going to go back and be like, welcome to the lab. No, that's fine. <laughs> you know where you're at. It's fine. You know us. We're yes, back. You, do. you know what area been, you're in. It's been a minute and we're back. So, hi, everybody. Um, yeah, sorry. I know it's been weeks. Uh, this is just one of those. We've missed you. We have. And I know that you guys have, have reached out. We've had a few people tweet at us and yeah. Facebook at us. So we know that like three people would investigate <laughs> like if we went missing. Like yeah. we've got we a solid three. Like, yeah, we got us. like a few Thank people goodness. online. Yeah. Thanks, guys. You. The triple threat of fans. Thank you, guys. Yeah, you guys are amazing. <laughs> We're still here. Um, no, but this is just a busy time. I mean, it's a busy time of the year for everybody because not only are people working, most people working extra for the holidays, plus there's events. Um, in, in my line of work, this is my busy time. We do a lot of corporate shows for, like, you know, businesses, Christmas parties and stuff. And in the last couple of weeks, I mean, we've been in a few different states. I mean, we've had gigs back. I mean, it's just been crazy. And I know, Melissa, you've been working, like, crazy. All the time. I mean, we, it's like we have, like, two... <laughs> I'm so glad I could be you here today. Like, you said like, like, like the ghost of Christmas past. You did. Like, Just a ghost. I'm always here working. <laughs> She's the moaning myrtle of her. I am of my job. You won't appear. <laughs> I have been on the Harry Potter kick though. Yeah, they were. Yeah, that's cute. Well, they they're kind of holiday. Oh, I love. They are. They're kind of Christmas. The first two, anyhow. Yeah, they really because they have the well. They have the you know we were talking the John Williams score that great score that's kind of very similar to uh, Home Alone. Alone. Guys, if you know, yeah, yeah, we were talking about that because I mean that's that's the thing every year. Like everybody has um, their Christmas movies that they watch at Christmas time. Die Hard. See, and that's the thing is, and and I the I, diehard dilemma. Yeah, well, there's this. There's I think that there's two. There's definitely two types of Christmas movies, right? There's the Christmas movie that's about Christmas, yeah, and then there's the Christmas movie that takes place at during Christmas, Christmas yeah, yes. right. Like, so like it just kind of gets tied into being a Christmas movie. Sure, yes. like Die Hard mm-hmm. uses Christmas as an excuse to have a group of people in a building after hours when a building wouldn't otherwise have people in it. So you can have a hostage situation, but you don't have to have an entire building full of people. You yeah. have an empty building. You just have for... the Christmas party. Right. And but that's... Gremlins. Gremlins is in that category. Same thing. That's... It's the catalyst to give the yes. gift for people to be yep. home and terrorized, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not like Christmas Vacation, which is literally about people are coming over for Christmas presents, Christmas eggnog, Christmas dinner, the Christmas traditions. Muppet Christmas Carol, guys. Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> what is up? Right? Home Alone. Like, Home Alone is... A, oh, yeah. But now, there's a question. Now, Home Alone, which is a, takes place at Christmas, mm-hmm. is a very Christmassy movie. Talks about throughout it, like, the... I mean, there's so much Christmas visualization, but... 
Is it also an excuse to leave a kid home alone? Yeah, I mean, it's not really Christmassy. It's more like he... Wait, didn't they compare it to Die Hard? Yeah, I mean, kind Wasn't of. Wasn't there I mean, that? It's, yeah. That's, how I love, have you guys heard like, the, the conspiracy theory that Kevin grows up to be like the Saw dude? The Jigsaw killer, yeah. yeah. He becomes Jigsaw. I have heard that of the one, saw. but I love that. That's <laughs> so incredible. Funny because of all his traps, you know, it'd be like, yes. Harry, Marv, do you want to play a game? Or, yeah. I don't know. Let, let's, not, let's not. We don't need to get that. No, we're keeping that. that. <laughs> can I, Sasha, can I get a replay on that? No. Can I get three repeats? How about you just do it and do a better impression? And no, then... I, like I like yours. yours. This is really good. I'm not making fun of it. Harry, Marv, do you want to play a game? Harry, Marv, do you want to play a game? Harry, Marv, do you want to play a game? But that's, yeah, but that's the thing is that there are different movies that people watch at Christmas time. And it's it's all fine. Whatever yeah. your Christmas traditions are, we, you and I, tend to uh, binge the Harry Potter series at oh, the I holidays. Love them. They're always on. And so, I've watched The Sorcerer's Stone like three times now. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Aww, it's adorable. I love that one. And you know, now it's kind of a vintage movie. Like, it's old enough that, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, how how old was that first I one? I mean, I... 15 years, at least? Yeah, over, yeah at least. I mean, it's gotta be. Probably like 2000 was the first. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, 99 maybe was the first I don't think it was that far back. Well, but this, I mean, it was... It was the 90s, was it? I don't I'll know. Check. check it out. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, but that's but it's, good stuff. It's great, and we've been watching that. That's Christmas. Plus all the old ones like Frosty the Snowman, right? Santa love, Claus is coming to town. I love Christmas Rudolph Vacation. Red Reindeer. I gotta watch Christmas Vacation every year a few times. I like Santa Claus. The, the, the first, yeah, the, the first Santa, Santa Claus. Claus. Tim Allen, yeah, yeah. Also, uh, sh- I had two thousand one for Harry Potter, Ooh, the first movie. Wow. So that movie's so almost the movie. When <laughs> when was the book? Written. A few years before it, probably. 97. Okay. Wow, really? Yeah, but that so was the, the, first that was Harry the UK. Potter book. So the first Harry Potter but book. But it came out in the US in 98. 20 years old. Mm-hmm. The first <gasps> Harry Potter, Potter book is 20 years old. That's yep. nuts. That's yep. nuts to think about. Yeah. That's oh, nuts what? to think about. <laughs> that is kind of crazy. That is fucking, yeah, that is. Whoa. That what? is nuts. Wow. All right. Okay. Well, time has flown. Fun facts. Yeah. Yes. Harry Potter fun facts. That's wild. Um, Shit, yeah, we've been yeah. That's what we've been watching, and and but only I in a, in a few spare minutes of our. I, like, it took us four four. I like to do it while I'm wrapping presents. Yeah, and put it on, yeah. sit back while you're getting other stuff Aww, done. I get the Christmas love spirit. It. Yes, that's in so my cute. jammies. It's I love so that. Yeah, I did. Oh, I came I home from it. a gig, <laughs> and you were on the floor wrapping presents in your Christmas onesie, and yep. uh, and and watching Harry Potter, Home Alone, or one, yeah. and it was great. Yeah, it's it's fun. I I enjoy this time of year. I think that I it's I need uh, to have like a marathon of innocence after all the yeah the horrifying things that we had been talking about lately. I mean, honestly, thank goodness Christmas was here to oh come in seriously and, like yeah it's about time. Can you imagine if we had done we this in like July and it was just thing. hot oh, sadness yeah. and de- you know we, like it'd just be our podcast would just be us crying. <laughs> oh like, my like god! Yeah, by August we'd just be nothing to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, fine. We'll talk about this. I guess. Oh god! Somebody else was accused of sexual misconduct. Uh, we just we're actually recording from a therapist session yeah. now like we just <laughs> so it's it's yeah it it was nice that the holidays were here but it's 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 interesting because as the as the end of the year is approaching um it has been a time for us to kind of look back and and look at the things we talked about this year and of all the things we covered of all of the incidents of all of the 
the threads and the rabbit holes we went down, there was one that we just couldn't let go, and it was uh, it was Vegas. I mean, it's still, we're almost to the new year, meaning almost three months since the initial shooting. Still, not one frame of footage. Still, not any more advancements. Still, not any of the questions answered. And so, you know, we we... It's just been hard to let go. And last week, a documentary came out on iTunes called What Happened in Vegas. Uh, similar, just the same as our episodes, actually. Um, and it was just released uh, on, on iTunes. We bought it and checked it out. And it's basically um, a guy was making a documentary about police misconduct in the Las Vegas Metro Police Department <laughs> and happened to be making his documentary along the timeline of Vegas. It's not really about the Vegas shooting. They mention it. It comes up because of the chronology of this documentary and because of the people involved. But it does seem to show a pattern that is representative of the Las Vegas shooting uh, investigation and the way it's been handled in the media. And so we kind of wanted to go back this week and talk about things that, that... I don't know, let, would, would lead up to all of the stuff that we talked about in all of our Las Vegas episodes making a lot more sense. So, let's talk about this. Uh, we all watched it. It's depressing as shit. Oh my God, and the, some of the footage they show is horrifying too. Yeah. I mean, I mean it, it really is. It's bod- they have you body watch someone footage. die, yeah. like, and they're murdered by the police. Right. Like, Multiple stuff people. I didn't even like know. And this happened. Is, this isn't. And this isn't. We're not talking about people who uh, committed a crime and and you know ran from the cops and and were. Oh yeah, this there's is like innocent people. Totally innocent. Like just wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, and uh, and, and so, wrong cop. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It seems like it's just about any cop that they're talking about in this, <laughs> save for a few. Um. So let's kind of talk about this. The reason this documentary got made is because the filmmaker, Ramsey Dennison, who is, uh, I believe he said he was an editor, worked in television, mm-hmm. has edited, you know, television crime shows stories, before. Crime yeah, he's familiar with cops and, and whatnot because he edits a lot of dramatic television. But he was in Vegas with a buddy of his, just having a little vacation, having a little, t- you know, time off together. Uh, and they went down there, and they witnessed police brutality. They witnessed the police beating a guy up. In yeah, cuffs, totally to- harassing him, torturing him, yelling at him, him, calling him all these names. Saying his mom raised the f up and yeah. like all this weird stuff. Just that I makes mean, no sense for her- cops. Literally to say. harassing a man who mm-hmm. was already in custody. Yep. Um, so he picks up his phone and calls nine one one and says, "Hey, there's some cops down here. I want to report police brutality." You know, within minutes, these same cops have confronted him and assaulted him thrown him to the ground, beaten him. Stepped on his face. Stepped on his face. He goes to, to jail with a boot print on his face yeah, and his, his mugshot. Shot, there's a giant like footprint on his face. And he gets arrested for, uh, what, obstruction, resisting? Resisting, yeah, resisting That whole something, thing. Yeah. That when somebody starts beating you up, BS. you should probably just go limp because even if you try to go, hey, you're resisting, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. But that's the way they get him, right? So he he saw this. He'd never really seen or been a victim of police brutality. And and he talks about how it fucked with him, which I believe it would. 
I mean, I've never been. Oh, my God. He went to jail for three days because of that. Because he was just there. I mean, and he was trying to help someone because he saw somebody being totally tortured by the police. Right. And he called 911, which is the appropriate thing to do. And then instead of sending more cops, the other cops just come and harass him, beat him, take him to jail. And, and, and turn him into the criminal. Yeah. Which is the pattern that this documentary kind of reveals because that's, that's you know, and, and they, they focus on, on a few main incidents. And I'm sure there's others. I'm sure there's probably countless others. And, uh, you know, I, we didn't really look into all the others because we kind of wanted to cover what this documentary was saying in and of itself. But, um, but these kind of all led up to, they were kind of all in the years leading up to uh, the, the shooting, the mass shooting. Um, the first... The first victim, and I'll call him a victim because he was an oh, innocent totally person, victim. was uh, a kid named Trayvon Cole. Um, young kid in his 20s. Uh, hardworking kid who had a baby on the way um, and sold a little weed on the side. That was his, that was his thing. Just a little bit I of mean, weed. too, because of his baby on the way. Right, because he yeah, needed to be ma- fair. Like, he needed more money. And he still had a full-time job, so I mean, yes. he was working and selling that. I mean, which is oftentimes why people are forced uh, to sell drugs or even into that industry is just because they need a little extra money, and it it does that. Right. <laughs> That's why people do it. So. Right. And this was a guy who wasn't selling, you know, pounds of weed. This was a guy who was selling little... Like an ounce at, yeah. at a time, which is so... Or, or selling nickel bags off an ounce, just selling 20 bucks yeah. here, 40 bucks yeah. there. I mean, you know... That's nothing. This isn't a drug dealer. But because this is Vegas and because there are a lot of productions that like to follow around police departments, um, this, this cops were looking for somebody to bust. So they got on Craigslist and found – and by the way, I didn't know that people just advertised that they sell weed on Craigslist. <laughs> I didn't know that either. I mean, maybe but don't. I guess. Yeah. yeah, like Probably this appears like maybe – yeah, maybe, maybe don't do that. <laughs> Might want to try something a little hey guys, less obvious yeah. to the police. Do you yeah. like green plant wink wink? Yeah, I mean, come on. This, is, But anyway, they got on Craigslist and found this. Um, he meets with a cop, sells him a little bit of weed. Like – a misdemeanor amount of weed. Just, just this is a little tiny bit. Not a big old bag, a little bit of weed. They have this on tape, so they decide, well, you know what? Because we filmed this, we need to make like an ending to our story. So they decide to do a, instead of just arresting him for the little bit of weed that he had just sold, they decide to do a middle of the night, no knock, full SWAT team tactical, 10 officers with AR-15s raid. On this poor dude's house. He's living with his nine-month pregnant girlfriend. They kick in the door. He starts trying to flush. Was He, he was trying to flush the weed yeah, down the yeah, toilet, yeah, right? Yeah, when they came in. And the, uh, the cop says in his official report that he made a, quote, furtive movement. Meaning that it was a movement that made the officer fear for his life. From all accounts, he just looked. Like, he turned yeah. and looked at the officer. And the officer... Uh, fired multiple shots into Trayvon right into his head, killing him. But, I mean, here's the other thing that you guys need to understand about this, is that the police did not actually have a search warrant for this Trayvon Cole. Yeah, they had to fake information to get it. Exactly. And, I mean, this is because his crimes were so, like you're saying, misdemeanor, so small, they didn't even qualify for 
that level of you know a no knock in the middle of the night while everybody is sleeping yeah, a raid. search warrant that that is not and that that looks good for what television of course i mean a raid like that makes good tv so that was kind of the whole thing they have him on camera just you know kind of a really grainy one camera shot of him pulling some weed out of his pocket selling it to a cop and they think all right well that's we we need to turn this into something for tv and so they thought we can film this raid and I mean, in the long run, the the camera guy or whoever the crew that was supposed to be there to even film that night—oh, yeah, they went got to film something to else, another thing—and so they weren't even there. And the cops still decided to go ahead with this over-the-top raid when, like they're saying, all they had to do was go walk up to this guy on the street while he's alone, privately, and say, you know, we have a, a warrant, uh, or you know, for your arrest, or whatever it is. They could handle this very civilly and very subtly right they wanted to make it this big thing and it never ended up being filmed anyhow Trayvon gets shot and and killed for looking up you know while his hands are busy flushing weed down the toilet so I mean there's there is so much more to this story that makes it even more bullshit I guess you could say well yeah I mean and like you said they 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 push through this different Trayvon Cole. Yeah, so with a different physical description of him. Yeah, it was like a hundred And different pounds. list of charges, so it almost gave them reason to go yeah, in. While this, was, like I said... He had heavier crimes. I mean, yes. it's, it's an older man. They, they, didn't, they didn't do research. I mean, they, they literally just went, hey, there's a guy. There's a name. I mean... It, he has a history of being dangerous. Yeah. Right, I mean, it That'll has, get us a yes. Yep. Right, so they... I mean, they're clearly, again, swaying a narrative of an investigation to get what mm-hmm. they want. Um, and then after they they kill the wrong person, th- this kid who did not have a criminal history, they go on TV and instead of going, hey, look, we fucked up. All right, we did something we shouldn't have done. And they go, aren't you glad we killed this Fucking drug scumbag dealer. drug yeah, dealer. Yeah, they tried to make him into a really I mean, bad then, person. Wife, Smear campaign. Yeah, his his girlfriend or his... She was his high school sweetheart. I know that. I don't know mm-hmm. if they were married or not. But either way, she had her baby like four days or something yeah. after this had even so happened. Sad. It was just so tragic. And then it's they tried just, to search her apartment. Like they got mm-hmm. a warrant for her. After the, he's the dead. Same, the guy I who's the her, wrong his person. Mom too. Yeah. It's the wrong person and they're still trying to get warrant. Like... It's, it's but they were so... also they were just looking for anything to vilify him. Right. I mean, honestly, they were really just looking and for anything to make him look bad. And the cop that shot him, that was like the third time His third he shooting. shot yeah, somebody. Yeah, this officer, Brian, had... Oops. Brian Yant, I believe is his last name. And he was involved in, this was his third on-duty shooting. The second, um, I think it was the one prior to this, was a shooting of a man named Richard Travis Brown, who was known as the candy bar robber. He was... In a convenience store, shoplifted a candy bar. He ran, which look, I I don't, I I don't advocate ever running from the cops. I don't. I'm not a big fan of. Yeah, it's of, dangerous. Don't do that. Of like, yeah, I, I like. I don't want to be pulled over. But when I do, I mean, I I don't do anything wrong. So I mean, I understand this. However, I can say that as a man of my color, I can't speak for the experiences of of men and women of different color who mm-hmm. are dealt with in a different way than by by police. And so when you are a black man in this country and you know that you, you know, you can get roughed up, you can go to jail, you can get trumped up charges for nothing. He steals a candy bar. Not a big deal. 
He runs from the cops. This Brian Yant chases him down, shoots him in the back, and kills him. So, I mean, he literally, he's, he's stolen a candy bar. I mean, And he died for stealing he, a candy if he gets bar. Away, That's so ridiculous If he gets away, who cares? Yeah, it's if a candy bar. It's a candy bar. If you he, lose your life over candy bars. This officer, I mean, he can't, I, he can't catch him, so he just shoots him. And he kills him. He doesn't, like, nick him or, like, you know, kneecap him or shoot him in the foot. And it leaves him with this immediate, uh, uh, almost sentencing right there. He has been sentenced to death. He didn't didn't have a trial. He didn't have... Or a candy bar. Yeah, exactly. Like, Like, guilty, dead. The officer now has taken his his constitutional rights, mm-hmm. essentially, into his own hands. He's judged during execution. Yes, yep. because he has decided it is within my... That is so I wrong. decide, as a yep. person, you die because for your crime of stealing it a candy bar. It is so bar. wrong, because it, it just, like I said, it takes away the option of a fair trial. Right. And, and where, that is... And, and for the justice system to at least fell him, uh, give it the opportunity to fell him. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. if it's going to, you better let it... Damn near do it fairly. <laughs> and Brian Fell Yant. Fell him fairly. <laughs> but do you know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. Well, it, no, I, it takes that away immediately. There is, it, it is an immediate sentencing and it's gone. And it's like, then there's no justice for this guy who just acted as, uh, I don't know, like like we said. And he, he just, just takes that authority on himself to decide if he can kill a person. Think of the ripple effect That is of that. still Crime. murder. It's murder. I don't it, it care. It is murder. It's oh, straight totally. up murder. You shot a person without proper reasoning right you are not defending your life but think of the ripple effects on that the the clerk now has to go oh i i said this guy stole a candy bar and i and he got him killed yeah he didn't do anything you know think of all of the shit that goes down and this officer brian yant clearly after that shooting wasn't taken off the force because he was allowed to shoot somebody else in the face at point blank range with an ar-15 Oh my god! And then you go, oh, so he must have been taken off the force at that point, right? He wasn't. He was no longer a cop. No, this is even this worse. Goes. This is even worse. He was promoted to making six figures a year working for the police union as a counselor for officers who shoot people. Yeah, he probably tells him just do it. Just fucking do it. Oh, well, god. that's and that's kind of what they talk about. That the 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 Vegas Police god. Department under Gillespie at the time, Sheriff uh was it Joe wasn't Joe Gillespie? What was his first name? Uh, yeah, Bill or something. Doug. Doug, yeah. Doug but Gillespie. It is Gillespie. But he basically had a thing. Do what you have to do. Get home at night, guys. And listen, I understand. I'm not a cop hater. I dis I, I have an extreme distaste for anybody who abuses their station in any capacity. Cops being one of the people who, uh, you know, get a bad rap for that more often than not. But it does happen, and it does poison the reputation of police and make people fear the interactions dealing with them. But I do understand how dangerous this job is, and I respect the men and women who put on their their uniform every day and go out and risk themselves by putting themselves in these extreme situations. And these officers who make these bad decisions are disrespecting the good officers who are doing what they need to do every day. And they should be getting home safe to their families, but not at the expense of somebody's life and shooting somebody in the back because they stole a fucking candy bar and then doing it again and then getting a raise. That's fucking bullshit. A raise and a promotion. Yeah. I mean, I just don't understand. Like, there's... Like, unless you are defending your life or another person's, like, actively defending, 
Um, it is an immediate life or death situation. There is just no reason to ever kill someone ever in life. And it doesn't. And we would say that from one person to another. So the same rules apply to a cop. Like there should just be like they should have a rule that says there's no reason to kill someone. Okay, that's in your fucking handbook. There's no reason to kill someone, and and especially not over a goddamn candy bar. And if you do, here's a consequence, not a fucking raise and time off. Right. Hold them accountable. I mean, practice what you preach, or at least what you will also prosecute. Listen, if practice I'm practice what you prosecute, how about that? If I'm a exact, that's a fucking great saying. <laughs> there you go. But if I'm a cop and, and I see people shooting people, and they just go, "All right, don't you you be careful." And they get a talking to, or they joke about it. They get a fucking raise. Yeah, they get a stern. Why? Why? To. Why that's would like that? What? What would any other officer in the in the force? Think that they need to exercise constraint. I'm not going to get in trouble. I mean, it would be based you know, on their ethics, but most officers, when they go out there, it's like soldiers. They have that mentality of like, I'm part of the force and I'm against them. And, you know, it, it's not about, and there are some cops, I should say, not all cops, that do approach it with these personal things. You know, these, these, they trust their guts, they trust their instincts. Well, but, and as much as I want to have hope for that, and that was really where I was just going to go, is there, there are good people and there are good cops. That, Likewise, because there are good people who are who are police, you know, policemen. So it happens. However, I just think that by the time a department or an administration becomes so saturated with corruption, you know, even if there's like two good dudes, they're never going to make it to the top. They're never going to get promoted well, I, I to like where that they can, where they can, you know, watch, uh, you know, have an, uh, a a watchful eye over all of this shit and more so put an end to it. So they're not going to ever put those kind of people mm-hmm. in position to end their reign of, of you know, unruliness. No, whatever totally right. you want to call it. So that's my only thing is they exist. But it's rare that they ever make it to the top because it's it's overrun with corruption and and, and control. And so th- they're going to do everything they can to stay in that position. It speaks, speaks for the same thing in Washington. Oh, it's everywhere. Oh, I'm just saying in it's, power, yeah. in command, right. in a chain of control and command, it's... it's and yeah, it well, happens. I like this documentary because it addresses that and yes. it talks about yes, how like does. a fish rots from the head. Like if the top is corrupt, it just mm-hmm. trickles down into yep. everything else. Yeah, it's not like a guy with great moral value is yeah. going to do well in the Trump administration. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, like, hey, that guy's what? doing good. Making... Guys? Yeah, right. Yeah. Same thing. Good You're cops. all terrible. We're, we're going to promote the guy that's against our ideas yeah, and our. It's, mm-hmm. it's Serpico. And they just don't. They won't do it. And so that's that's my whole thing about that is that there are they exist, but. Unfortunately, they're not running the damn place because these things wouldn't happen. Right. You wouldn't hear of this. Right. Um, well, and there would be people who would think it was wrong. Exactly. And and that's, I think, what is this. And I didn't realize how corrupt he was until this yes, documentary. This, this thing is so eye-opening. Terrifying. To really, because you're going to start recognizing so many names. You're going to hear, you know, McMahill. You're going to hear Lombardo. You're going to hear all of the people that you saw telling you what happened in Vegas. Um and you're going and, to go, you know what? Holy shit. I have a backstory on these guys now. Yeah. And and it's not a good one. It is not. It's it, a terrible it's one. It's not flattering it's at all. Not, not anyone you would picture. want speaking, in a position of power. Speaking of both of those, I mean, McKay Hill, oh, before he was the undersheriff, meaning like like years ago, he was um, involved in an investigation. How much did they say it cost taxpayers? 
like forty million dollars. Some, some. Like that. No, well, that was the. I think that was the 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 radio. The radio says it was like one point two million or two million something. Some. If it's million, it's a lot of money. Fuck yeah. off. Because million. of an investigation, <laughs> like, that's so much an, money. an investigation into him. Allegedly, I, I'm. I have to use that word legally, but he look at his face. You can tell he probably did this, Ew. and probably wasn't the first time. Uh, but into an investigation where he told a female that he was arresting that he wouldn't arrest her for whatever it was the drug charge. She was caught with drugs. Um, if he if she showed him her vagina. What a gentleman! Yeah, yeah. and She's that's so the cop. I mean, what the hell? If you show it to me, I won't. I won't arrest you. Now, he was actually let back onto the force after this investigation mm-hmm. and now has been promoted all the way up to undersheriff. Yep. Well, if you let remember, back on and promoted, if you remember, he was one of the first that was out there telling us the events of Las Vegas, of the shooting. He was out there and he was the face of that for a minute before Lombardo took over. Right. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's. Him and Lombardo. So old, let me see your vagina was out there trying to give me facts on, on Vegas, and that's who I'm supposed to trust. You mm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Grab him by the pussies, running the place. Well, that, <laughs> that, that's the problem. Yeah, it's all... It's all They're like, all... All of them. Oh are, my it's God, everywhere. It's yeah, sick. it's everywhere. fucking disgusting. Um, Anyhow. And Ugh. I mean, this is the thing, is that when you go through this list of, of victims, it's not... And you could keep going, well, it's, a, it's another... You know, it's another police versus uh, black man. And on a lot of these, it is. It's race related. But there was even incidences that weren't race related where the cops were just literally uh, murderous. And then, again, did the same pattern of trying to smear the victim. Like mm-hmm. when they killed Eric Scott, which was uh, the Costco the shooting. The Costco yeah. parking lot this, with tons of witnesses. Here's a guy. All right. Also, security footage. I mean, well, I don't like that security guard. Well, but you know what I mean. <laughs> right. Yes. Let's t- let's a place that has cameras right. everywhere. Here's a guy, Eric Scott, young kid in his what late twenties, early thirties, I think. Yeah. Something. Um, wasn't he ex army? Ex- yeah, marine. Yeah. I think graduated or- from West Point, uh, ex military. Um, he was uh, white, red headed kid. You know, had you know fair skin. Very all American. I mean, yeah. It just looked like, like the all-American Like a soldier. Kid. Like the Navy's yeah. like, be in our commercial. Goes to Costco uh, just to, sh- you know, just to do some shopping. Uh, return something. I don't remember what it was. And he had his legal conceal and carry permit and his gun, his firearm on him, because he had a job which required him to carry a firearm. While he's in Costco, somebody sees his gun and says... It's, it, it, he was leaning down to see if some water bottles would fit into the side pocket of a cooler. So he kind of like squatted down. Somebody sees his and gun. And it kind of revealed his gun. Somebody tells the manager. The manager says, you can't have your gun in here. And he says, okay, or whatever. I mean, the, the, there's a dispute about that, about what happened. Because, I mean, there's no, from all accounts, it was just, okay. And the manager decided to then go and call the police that there was a man with a gun in their store. I think it was the security guard. Was it the security guard who yeah, called the who, police? Yeah, who I think yeah, was like, trying to act tough. And that's he who like, I didn't like. Uh, said that there was a guy in there who was acting crazy. And so, you know, by the time police are informed or show up, they have an entirely different idea of what's going on inside this store. Yeah. And they're more so led to believe that there is a man who has, you know, barricaded himself in and who has Waving a gun around. And who mm-hmm. is a crazy person who... Really, I mean, all that Eric did was just say, cool, bro, I understand No, your no-gun policy. Let me just walk out. 
And that's really all that happened is him and his girlfriend just started to walk well, out of the store because there the is- police locked it down, evacuated the store. So everybody's walking out. Right. 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 But that's what I'm saying. Then is they get him in, in the parking his lot. mind, in Eric's mind, the situation is so cool. Let me go just do that for you. It's I'm going to just calmly walk out of the store because that's how he interpreted the seriousness of the situation. Right. And it was completely amplified on the other end, either by the security guard or I don't know. On, well, whatever. He, he was he was, was walking out. Just with everybody in the evacuation, yes. the security guard who was on the phone with dispatch saw him just walking out with the people, turned to the cop and said, oh, that's the guy. Yeah. And this cop, uh, Officer Mosher, big fat sausage faced cop, pulls his gun out and yells, drop it, drop it, freeze. And then with Shoots no him. with no break in between drop it, drop it, freeze. Because again, like you said, oh, me? Yeah, because you know? he didn't know. He that, had no idea. Point, is, is right. He had an entirely different idea. He of thought how everything the, was the fine. Seriousness of exactly. He just thought, "Cool, I'll go take my gun outside. No big deal. We're all on the same page." Yeah. No, they were not. Walks were... outside. Um, with before he can even respond to this officer saying, "Drop it, freeze," the officer fires off three rounds into his back. Like I mean, shoots him again in the back. Witnesses, like you said. Every one of them says his hands are empty. Yeah. Every one of up them says his up. hands were yep. up in up the and air. Empty, so he wasn't going for anything. Even the ambulance people who who attended to his body wrote he had his gun in his holster, that it was holstered. Yeah, but they recovered the, the gun on the body. But yet, in the pictures of the crime scene, the gun was back on the floor, on the ground. Hmm. Officers saying he had he had pulled his gun. That's why they shot him. Despite, again, multiple witnesses in court saying no. It was literally no no time between him saying freeze and shooting him. There was no gun. There was no... Cops went so far as to try to, like, get into his house. This innocent man who they had shot in the back go into his house, find other guns, and say, oh, it was another gun that we he had. He had oh, yeah, because they again, found out he had multiple permits for different guns. Right. Yes. So they were trying to, like, find a gun they could blame for yep. it. And again, another situation where the police went around the law to aid their narrative because they did not have permission to go in to uh, Eric's home because his girlfriend lived with him. And there is like a police law or rule or I'm, I'm not sure what the word is that they would use code or something that tells them you are um, they're allowed to enter if someone is killed and they're unable to either protect their own home or their belongings or whatever it may be. So they tried to use that excuse. When they were calling Eric's brother and he, you know, kind of telling him, we need to get into your brother's house, all this kind of stuff. And he told them, absolutely not. You are not allowed in there because his girlfriend lives there and you can't go in there. Right. That's it. Because you are, you're not allowed to. They went around that anyways. They broke into his house. They stole some of his other guns. And they tried to say that they had, that it was in, another one of his guns was in his front pocket. Yeah. Um, so completely trying to say that he had two guns on him. He did not. He never carried more than one, and I don't even think he was allowed to. No. And he wouldn't have done that because of his wallet that was in his mm-hmm. front pocket. And there was just no room. They even have a picture that there's just no way the gun could have been where they said it was. Yeah. And and in the voicemail, one of the things that just irks me so bad is they kill this innocent person. And in the voicemail, the cop goes, well, we just want to make sure we can get in there and secure any uh, uh, weapons Variable. or val- valuables. Variables. 
I but thought he I think he's just valuables. Meaning, oh. like, we can go in there and take his computer and take his phone and take his stuff and take his money because we it's part of the investigation now. We need to find Ugh. out how he made his money. Awful. And then they just take your shit. They just take Ugh. your shit. And you. it's part of the investigation. Oh, can I ever get his Not stuff back? It's like no, it's an investigation. Research Into just what? to find a way to blame him. And then they went in the news, just like they have in the past, and tried to say that Eric was a drug addict. Yep. He was crazy. He was on pain pills at the time. It was making him crazy. Not to mention, and just like you were talking about, they sent the the DVR, which was recording all the security footage, from multiple angles, mm-hmm. inside, both inside the store and outside where he was shot. It ended up in. Did he say the FBI or the CIA or one of these? Um, Not sure. One but of these of these uh, facilities in LA, and they no said ninety six percent of the data was recoverable and four percent was damaged. And the four percent happened to be the time that Eric was in the store to when he was killed outside. Oh, so what a weird! Isn't that? That's so strange. Weird. It's almost like someone's huh. trying to hide something. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> nah. Interesting. And I mean, there's all sorts of narratives that get changed. In fact, Doug Gillespie, the sheriff at the time, he actually had a call to his house for domestic violence. So much so that the domestic violence team responded on their days off. They all went up there. It was a domestic violence call. And yet a couple days later, the whole thing disappeared, disappears out of the news. It was changed to a burglary attempt. Yep. That's what it was. That's a big difference. Yes. So the police report Two was officially totally changed. different thing. And there's a lady there. I don't remember what her position in the department was, you know, her job t- title or what it was. But, you know, she she's on on video and on record saying, oh, really, a burglary attempt. And why was, you know, the domestic response team called out on their day off? Why would yeah. they even go respond? Why would they go to that call? Right. And it's completely wiped clean. I mean, he wasn't the first that had a domestic abuse call that was changed, you know, for to look better on their part. Right. Of course, um, if they make other people look bad, they're going to make themselves look yeah, better. It's it's it really both ways. There is a pattern here, no doubt. Um, I don't know, and it and it continues. I mean, it continues, and it and again, these aren't <laughs> these. How many people? How many innocent people? Need to be killed by police officers. I mean, he was before, just shopping at Costco before an investigation. <laughs> yeah. is, is he didn't even steal a candy bar again. What What was the reason to be shot? There was none. No reason. There's no reason. And people I people carry guns. We We have a right to bear arms. Oh, it's yeah. in the Bill of Rights that to, for someone to have a gun is not an issue in this country. I just don't know and where the moment of, with a permit. Yeah, too. where did the moment of of uh, communication go? Where we we initially try to work something out, you know. I mean, even if you're shouting across the parking lot, why do you have a gun? Right. I have a permit. Okay. Well. Okay. I mean, like, show me your hands. Okay. Let's yeah, talk about be, this. Yeah. Yeah. Happen. Just Great. End it there. I mean, that's at the fine. very you most, don't have to like, shoot that's already dramatic to have a gun drawn and be shouting questions. But I mean, it's still so minimal compared to just shooting a guy for no reason. I mean, honestly, there. But it's not no reason. It's because they know that there is no consequence. Right. That's the problem. It that is even worse. It is just that there is a, a, an overwhelming sense of I don't have anyone to answer to. You know, I'm um rebel without a cause. I mean, I don't know. That's Yeah, they're that's untouchable. It. it it it's it's a disgusting sense of of no responsibility that permeates 
most police departments. Because if a police department comes out and says, yeah, our officer overacted, he shot at some... I mean, every once in a while that happens. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. Yeah. But most times the cops do try to justify the shooting because it's far easier and cheaper. It's not like they have a bunch of money anyway. They can just give settlements out to people. I mean, they, they literally try to justify these things because it's easier well, on their Well, they do. Part. They just don't want to give any settlements to people that aren't their people. <laughs> That's true. That always happens. The yeah. policemen always get paid time off or yeah. leave or things like that when they shoot someone, but none of the families get reimbursed. Or like the like the, uh, of the officer who shot Stanley, Stanley Gibson. Gibson. Right. Mm-hmm. Stanley Gibson, very sad story. Stanley Gibson was a good man. A war veteran, uh, he was injured in the Middle East. His job uh, as a young kid in the 90s um, was over in Desert Storm to go in and clean up bodies. And he dealt a lot with um, this, uh, was it dif- something diffused uranium or mm-hmm. something where it would like, it was this thing they would drop and fuse bodies together or something. I can't remember exactly what it was called, but it gave him cancer. Um, he was dealing with that. He was sick. He had had nerves in his face removed from dealing with this uranium, which caused him to be paralyzed on one side of his face. I mean, he, he had, he had a, a wife. He was a hardworking guy, had a good dog. Good oh, yeah. Job. Oh, another veteran that the government's neglected. Imagine right. that. Oh, yeah. And he was he was just a good man. But because of his injuries, because of what he'd been dealing with, he, he because of the medication he was on, he would get forgetful. And he would, you know, if he would didn't take it, if he, you know. He, he could kind of lose facts. And so he had just moved into a new apartment building and uh, was trying to find his apartment and ended up going to the wrong apartment, trying the wrong door in the wrong... In all fairness, I've done this before. <laughs> Like especially when the, right. all the rooms look the same. You like, ever tried to get in the wrong car or something yes, like that? It's, a, it's an awkward feeling. You're like, oh shit, I wasn't like, doing anything I wrong. I live here. I live in the other building. It looks exactly the same. Right. And that's what he did. So he just was like, okay, well, shit. I, I'm, Total I just, innocent mistake. Yeah, I want to go home. I'll get back in my car. I'll drive around trying to find my apartment. Mm-hmm. So the cops get a call that somebody's trying to break into a, to an apartment. And they come in fucking full force. Block his car in, sirens wailing, lights going, and he doesn't know what's happening to him. He doesn't know that he's the guy. So he gets down in the car. His friend uh, in the documentary says he's probably having a panic attack. Probably well, yeah, doesn't know be, what's going God. on. Because I mean, he had tried Terrifying. to go into another apartment complex. Yeah, that looked it looked exactly like, like his. his. And so he was trying to open the door to what he thought was his apartment. And so someone thought he was breaking in, but. So he, th- he doesn't know what he's doing. He's just trying to leave. And so he's trying to, you know, starts his car and he's trying to get out because he he didn't do anything wrong. He's just trying to go home. Yeah. So the cops decide, you know, look, we're not going to do, we're not going to kill this guy. Let's fire a beanbag into the car and then maybe pepper spray or something, calm him down. Which still, I mean. Very aggressive. A very aggressive tactic. Well, apparently this Instead of knocking command, out the window and talking to the guy. Again, another, where is the attempt at communication? <sighs> right, where, where did it, they go? Not, Driver. They know. It's not even that. It's just they don't where, even know if he has a weapon or anything. It, exactly. They could, they could give him a chance. And Driver. that's all I'm going to say. Please is, stop driving your car. We just want to talk to mm-hmm. you. What's that, going on? That's Something. what I'm trying to say. Where right. is the attempt at understanding the situation? Then you never have to go back and say, well, well if I, I had only them. known that we were going to change our strategy, or if I had only known this, or listen, 
fucking know then. Right. Find out. Yeah, how it, do you when know? People's you lives, to when people's lives are on the line, you need to fucking be sure. If yes. this, none of us as a civilian could ever use that excuse, if I had only known that the, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the burglar know. was not my... Yeah. My son or, you know, or whatever it may be. That was a really weird scenario. I don't know what happened in that family, but anyhow, <laughs> but you know Point what I being, mean? We could never yeah. say, well, gosh, if I had only known, they said, oh yeah, you're right. You just didn't know. I understand. Yeah. No, oh, it is you're, you're our, not, you're not, you're not, com- you didn't commit a murder. You're free to go. If it's our Here's job not to be stupid, then every human being, including police officers have that job as well. Especially it's your job not to make a mistake. Right. And this is this is this is how this went down. They decide to shoot this beanbag into the back window. Well, allegedly, the call didn't go out over this new radio system that they had just implemented, and one of the officers didn't hear that this was going down. They fire the beanbag. He takes it as shots being fired and pops off seven rounds from his AR-15 yeah. that he brought from home. By the way, this oh, was his. Yep. This was his. This is a. Did you even know that the, the same guy could have his personal weapon? Did any? Did anybody not at else, Costco? They but bring, at his work. Yeah, they bring this up. Did you fucking know that cops could bring their guns from home? I'm gonna bring my bazooka to work today. I'm just blown away by this one. <laughs> it just crazy. it just blows my mind Ends that up. he's allowed to have his. It's not even like and to go from a beanbag to that I seven mean, rounds. Like, that's ridiculous. And then the, one that's of the cops not a walks over. That's Such just a like you, that's a disregard. Gun. For, they they for, interview this cop, the one who shot oh, Stanley that Gibson, bothered me. and he's talking about it. And they, he says, you know, one of the cops walks over and goes, eh, "You know, that wasn't a shot, right? Uh, they didn't find a gun, so uh, it was a, like they just kind of they 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 played it. It wasn't like Dude, and, he, what the and he fuck? says, "Well, if I would have known, that's yeah. what." No, no, no. So you're telling me that you guys didn't know? Where's the radio communication? And then that's the whole other conspiracy behind that whole thing is that there was this new, you know, $40 million radio system that they were implementing that was under um, Lombardo at the time because he was in charge of communications department. And um, it failed, supposedly, in this scenario. And that's kind of the real story is there is that maybe there really was poor communication, but it was because this radio system failed that was paid for by tax dollars, and they really didn't want the public to know that. And so after this whole thing happened and it came out, and you know, we find out that Lombardo is running for sheriff, you find out that his um, his campaign or whatever either received a huge donation or was largely sponsored by Motorola. Who got the $40 who million had communications this piece contract. Of shit radio that flopped on them. And I mean, essentially, it was kind of to cover both their asses. They're like, well, we got to make, you know, Lombardo look good in, in the department. And, and we have to kind of justify that we just spent $40 million on t- in taxpayer money. And Motorola can't look like their shit failed and caused. This, you know, so it's this huge cover up. It is just. And once again, the Las Vegas uh, Metro Police Department in uh, is in their tradition. tried to smear Stanley's character first coming out saying that he used his car as a battering ram and was trying to uh, assault the police, oh not God. knowing that somebody in the apartment complex filmed the entire thing, mm-hmm. showing that no Thank cops God. were anywhere mm-hmm. near and Thank that he God. was not a- using that. They secondly came out and tried to. Um, Smear his character saying, you know, he's always a criminal and he's this and he's that. In spite of the fact that um, of uh, the officer, uh, I, I, what was his name? Jesus Arevalo. Uh, yeah. He 
his wife was recorded on tape, I believe she called a, a radio station even, saying that he had said he wanted to shoot somebody so he could get time off. Because when you shoot somebody, you get six weeks off. Oh, and that's they, great. And so it was like, oh, well, you I know. I need a vacation. Guess they, I'll go kill They actually someone. interviewed somebody that's like in the, who was an ex-cop, and he said, oh, yeah, when I was back in the department, it was like, you know, you shoot somebody, you get six weeks off, try to do Jesus. it around Christmas so you can have the holidays off. Oh, my God. So they get Talk six weeks off. Talk about corruption right there. Yeah, it's crazy. And just like you were saying, Lombardo is in charge of this whole thing. So like, like you know, like they do, instead of owning up to it and eating that big bowl of shit, that $40 million bowl of shit that Danny was talking about, they fire Arevalo, pinning all the blame on him, kicking him out of the department, right? Mm-hmm. But they gave him a seven-figure settlement and... He gets disability every month. Oh my god! For shooting Stanley Gibson, how does he get disability? Because because they couldn't just don't you know that's how it works? Like, how is he disabled? He got disability. I mean, he got he got a vacation. Yeah. He got a vacation, seven figure settlement, what and a monthly fucking hell? check for shooting somebody and, with the gun he brought from and home. And this is the thing: is that people said that Fuck. he kind of he had a motorcycle and he just rode around acting like a badass the entire time. Like, you know. Because you shot an innocent dude. It's like, yeah, cool. You're a fucking glorified bully is what you are. Oh, that's how the department seems to be run that's, is it's bullies. through bullying. It's, that's what it is. That's trickle down from the top right there. It's uh, like, I we're just, cops, I so we're bullies. Blah, 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 blah. Bring your gun from home. So, yeah, I mean, that's, and like I was saying, and, and then you have uh, Stanley Gibson's wife, and I don't remember her first name, but she she kind of is a, the real tragedy here because you She's know Stanley's gone and it's heartbreaking oh it's it, she just they, she talks to the cop who shot him oh my god it's crazy she loves Stanley so much and <sighs> you know so she sad. she received disability from um the VA I believe from his time in, mm-hmm. in the war but I mean after he was gone all of that went away so yeah. she lost her home she just really lost everything that meant but then Something the cop who killed her. her gets all this assistance exactly. for the and rest like, of his life. Like I said, they they pay these police officers who shoot these people, but the families who have <coughs> lost, you know, first of all, their family member. That's that's the number one. They're, it's, oh, yeah. it's irreplaceable. You just you you can't do anything there. Um, even financially, it doesn't take away the emotional burden or pain or anything like that. So she just really wanted Stanley back, and I, I think she got a settlement in the end where she's at least able to take care of herself, which is kind of the happier note of this. But I mean, in reality, it's just communication is what you need in every relationship of your life. Like every. Oh, it's so important at work, especially when you work with guns. Everything is important to to marriages, to friendships, to, I mean, truly everything. To to the United Nations, to to literally everything. Communication Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. understanding and an attempt at, I don't know. Trying to come from a place of love. I sound so oh, no. on my soapbox right now, but it's it's just so simple. No, and you s- you sound so like the good guy in the documentary. But, Can we please you know, talk about the good guy? But, yes. think about, but think about this. For all those people who go, yeah, but, you know, and they bring this up. Yeah, you got a settlement. Think about, though, every month you get that check and it has to remind you, you got to go cash this money because your husband's dead. Oh, yeah. Oh, like we awful. said, that it's irreplaceable. It's the, the family it's... member and, and all of that stuff, it, there's no comparison to And she's compensation. devastated. I mean, seeing her in the documentary is just so Oh, it's, sad. it's just heartbreaking. And it, all of these family members, I mean, all of them. And Trayvon's wife and, and so daughter. Who, innocent. Like, yeah, it's just 
They were it's, good people, and they just got killed for no reason at all. And and not everybody that dealt with the Las Vegas Police Department, and, and even in this documentary, die. You know, there's um, guys like the activist Kelly Patterson, who, after these these shootings, after these cops had no responsibility, um, you know, put in their laps for killing these people, uh, he went on a campaign where he was just writing anti-police brutality messages messages in chalk on the sidewalk i love him by the way i think that's wonderful they did that that's it that's all he did and he was arrested yeah brutalized Mm -hmm. not only for graffiti but for filming cops which is not illegal you can film a police officer if any cop tells you it's illegal it's not you can't you have the right to film a police officer and he was he was you know, arrested, thrown in jail, and then the cops organized a two-month investigation, which cost the taxpayers I don't know how much, Ugh, and said into chalk. that it cost $1,500 <laughs> to remove the chalk from the sidewalk. Yeah. And, which is total bullshit. And they also said that it was a conspiracy. They got him on conspiracy charges uh, yeah, because, well, because, yeah. because they, they planned sat out down what they were going to write. And decided yeah. that they would go do this rather than just Anytime spur the moment. Anytime you think it's conspiracy. Yeah, because Fuck. I didn't have my pocket chalk that I always carry with me and just get a thought that I immediately thought. wrote down because that's how you got to work if you want to write down things with chalk. You got to, it's got to be spur of the moment, you guys. Ugh. No. I like the protesters who proved the, how easy it was to clean up chalk, yes. though. That was amazing. And that was the, what the police did. They, they had to make a scene, of course. And so they said, well, we needed a graffiti or a something cleanup crew. They probably had hazmat so they had to, suits and they shit. They probably had to have water bottles and a whole <laughs> shaded area for people just to go wash them. It's a, it's, it's just a scene is all it is. Water and a broom. And so like you're saying, there was that lady and she uh, organized a thing that just they protested and wrote down all their protests in chalk. And, and they took they some water and some brooms and they washed it away. With just water and a broom. Yep. Didn't cost $1,500. Yep. So it's, it's just. A bunch of BS. It is a bunch that of BS. Kind of, that Can kind of shit. Can we talk about the good guy now, Larry well, Burns? Yeah. <laughs> Larry Burns was, was a man who had a great reputation. He was a captain in one of the areas of the Las Vegas. The, like if you think about Vegas, it's like any big city. There's, there's different sections of it. It's not just one whole thing. And while Sheriff you know Joe Lombardo is is sheriff of Las Vegas in its entirety there are police captains and and people who run other divisions um this was a man Larry Burns who uh you got it yeah my chair just i <laughs> i well because i had my leg up and i hit the part to go down mm-hmm. so i sunk as i was talking yes. this is a dangerous job yeah, yeah it's it's <laughs> difficult um but he was i mean he was uh uh a good man who by all accounts had had gone out into these really crime ridden areas and introduced himself to community leaders and business owners, gotten to know people, like you said, reached out, tried to communicate, tried to open the lines of communication so that there weren't these mistakes. They knew who was, who owned businesses. They knew who ran, they knew community leaders, school leaders, church leaders. And uh, he eventually he became very beloved in, he made police parts of the community, not like at war with the community. Right. That was one thing I really liked about him. Yep. Well, and think, he used to be on the SWAT team and stuff. And I mean, when I think of like the scariest possible police officers, I think of like SWAT team. Yeah. Right. But this was a guy who who understood that people had a distrust and a distaste for police and decided to go out. And instead of saying, well, fuck you for thinking like that about us. Yeah. He said, let's change that. Yeah, let's talk I mean, to each think, other and get to know each yeah, other. Think about that relationship, like, even parent to child. It's almost like when you're told or, you know, 
don't do that. Right. You know, it's almost like you want to or you have more of a disdain for who's telling you not to instead of them saying, look, you know, there's some things out there, guys, you know, that might. Right. We, we want to help you make your decisions better. And, and we're only saying these things because we love you. We don't <laughs> we don't want you to drink and and do these things because we care about you. Right. You know, and it's more like you kind of go, oh, I don't want to disappoint them. Yeah, exactly. And if you so build a relationship. You, exactly. It's going to be more beneficial. Yeah. And they, they, they tell a story. There was a guy, I can't remember his name in the documentary, but he had gotten involved in crime, gone to jail, you know, been arrested multiple times. He was on his way to becoming, you know, uh, a, another statistic, a casualty. And Burns pulled him aside and said, like, you're going to die if you keep doing this. Straighten your life out. And he went to prison and ended up getting out and getting a real job and becoming a, a valuable member of society and working, not not for the cops, but like, there's a, he said there was a situation where um, Burns approached him and said, we know somebody who's dangerous and he has a gun and we want the gun. We don't care about the person. We don't want to do anything. We don't want to hurt anybody. We don't want to make, want the gun. And this guy. The threat. The, yeah, just want the threat. He went, got the gun, brought it back. And he said, it's not for me to say whose gun. It wasn't for me to say anything. I got the gun. We eliminated, like you said, the threat. And that was it. It was done. Nobody needed to die. Nobody needed to get beat up and brutalized and kicked in. And guess what? He gave the gun. Yep. That's he gave the benefit. The gun. That's the benefit of building a relationship right, right there. Yep. You don't kill anybody. You just and work it out. That's that's You prove that it works. So when Doug Gillespie was, uh, his his term of sheriff was coming up, and I, you know, he didn't, I don't know, I don't know how that works. I don't know if you can't keep running or if he just decided not to. Um, like how many times you can be sheriff. I don't know the politics of that. Or when sheriffs, how duration. long your term is. Yeah, I yeah. don't know that. So this big election's coming up, and uh, Joe Lombardo, who's Gillespie's guy, gets Gillespie's you know endorsement, not to mention the endorsement of all of the casino owners and the big money who find their ways around campaigns because there's a, there's a rule uh, for these campaigns where um, a company can't donate more than $10,000. However, most of these big casino companies, they own multiple businesses. Mm-hmm. They own multiple hotels, casinos, restaurants, or bars. Or just have little LLCs everywhere that can just... Sure. And every one of those ones every can all the donate. The gift shop of the thing can... Don't donate $10,000. The... And the restaurant can donate $10,000. And the bar can donate... To... Jeez Louise. I hit my mic again. I'm having a <laughs> rough day. Some fucking having a... This pissed me off. I'm just smacking mics. I know. But that's the thing is that, like, everybody... They find their way around this. So now he's got the support of the of the strip. He's got the money. And a guy like Larry Burns, he can't f- compete with that, despite having support of over 96% of, no, of the police force, the union. Yeah. I mean, I had this huge... Which was so funny because Lombardo's, like, uh, his campaign slogan was endorsed by law enforcement yeah but he goes only 4%. no four percent he goes so that's he can't he technically can say that he goes he maybe it was like some you know mall mall security cops or whatever it was <laughs> that maybe gave him a few signatures but it was a measly four percent compared to larry burns he had a staggering 96 percent. i mean that is who wanted him but of but he course, had more money, had more coverage. He's he had, a great he had guy, so he's going to go nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's an honest, hardworking, 
you know, Larry good Burns head on his exactly shoulders. Larry Burns is exactly who I want for leadership. Like, he well, resembles don't everything. I know, because the didn't corrupt you say, people don't like that. Uh, yeah, they hate that shit. Because they're like, oh, wait, you have ethics and yeah. you're honorable? I <laughs> Not in this building. You, you kind of compared it. You, I, I believe you said, like, Larry. it's like Larry Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I called him oh, Larry Bernie cute. Sanders. Yeah. That's well, but that's He's it's really true, good. though. Yep. It's the same exact thing. Here's a guy with morals and scruples, and this idiot has more money. Has more well, people in his pocket. The money, it's, of the already it's corrupt that he won't situation. stop the corruption. Yeah, he won't. He'll he won't take away that what, on. Yeah, that, uh, that's, that's what it is. But, but because of, but that's what it is. Is that the corruption is the money? Well, the you corruption know, so is bought by money, right? So you don't take the money. You don't do that. Mm-hmm. People know. I will put it somewhere else, and then we'll back this person until they win. Yeah, and then oh, that God. person will always do what we want. And then you get a police force that continues to do stuff that they've all complete, you know, that they've been doing for so long. The same bullshit. Um, it's like that guy Solomon Galloway that got pulled over, and he was the passenger in a car that got pulled over. Um, the cops pulled them over, said they were speeding, even though the cops' own body cam footage of him following them showed that they never breached the oh, speed yeah. limit. They were like always doing forty or something, and yeah, then and the he, cops went up and they're like, "You were flying!" Oh through man, there. we trailed. You guys were doing sixty, sixty-five back oh, there. Oh my god! So that you—they're automatically lying. Mm-hmm. So this guy, they get you know, pulled you used over. Used to be for, able to ask if you could see the gun. Right. So they get pulled over for nothing. Not, not the handgun. The yeah. speedometer. Let me gun. see your gun. Uh, but, <laughs> let, me, let me just see that for a second. Let me see that for a second. Hand that over one second Come here. On. Yeah. Um, so he's in the car and, and he goes, show me your ID. And he doesn't have to. If you're a passenger, you don't have to. Now, Yeah, you haven't done anything. Look, here's my thing. If you haven't done anything, n- I mean, and again, I can't speak for, for being a, a, a black man in this country dealing with the cops. It ha- it's a different thing. I am... I am a white man, and a cop pulls me over. I'm still terrified because I'm I'm a guy who's covered. I got tattoos. You know, they can. Hey, this guy looks rough. I I'm not. I'm 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 the least rough person ever. But I'm still terrified. Now I understand that if you're a passenger and you know you know that you can go to you know be beat up or be trumped up charges or whatever. So he refused to give his ID, which made this officer mad, which called more officers, which are all start yelling at him. Show us your ID. Get out of the car. You have to Did sh- he go to jail, and his hands, too? Well, his hands are up the whole time, and eventually he asks for a captain, asks for a supervisor. The supervisor comes, doesn't, doesn't defuse the situation, yells even more. He's even yelling louder than the other guys. They eventually unlock the door and pull him out forcefully, put him on the ground, say, accuse him of obstruction, take him to jail, strip search him. And then, but here's the thing. How do we know all this? Because he had a GoPro in the car, and the entire thing was being filmed. The cops didn't know this. Ah, so as he's back in the car, job, the cops on camera going, well, well, no, you didn't find any weed? Man, we got to find something. You know, we got to. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're literally. They're just t- searching through the goes, car no for weed everything. Goes, well, you got to find something. Yeah, do what you yeah. got to do. We got to find goes, something. We got to have a reason to pull this dude out of his car. They're totally trying to did. frame him. And the guy did say, was, he was like, two black men in a Lexus. Like, yeah, that's, that's what we are. We're guilty of being. There's something wrong with that. Two black men in a Lexus. And then they get pulled over. And now, I mean. Look, there's. I understand your rights, and I understand standing up for them. Um, you know, when you've got seven cops yelling at you, I mean, fucking show your ID at that point. That's terrifying. I mean, yeah, I don't. Yeah. But, but I mean, at the same time, but at that point, I'm not reaching for shit. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, I mean, that's another reason you, you probably won't want to go for your ID. And then again, it's, it's give a them that fur- fertile movement. It's a furtive for movement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't grab my ID because if I move my hand, you're going to shoot me. Yeah. Did you say fertile movement? I did. Fertile. <laughs> it's a fertile movement. <laughs> it's fertile. 
So you showed McMahill your vagina is what she did. I had to get out of that you? Was that you? I just ovulated, officer. That's why I like Vegas so much. What drugs? <laughs> what drugs? That's Here's where my I keep vagina. <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah, there. I mean, um, there was footage. I can't remember what town it was, but two officers they released it because it was an investigation into them, where they like pulled some woman over and said that she hid drugs in her vagina and searched her vagina on the side of the road in their cop car for nine minutes. Oh my God. Nine minutes? Nine minutes of with searching with a flashlight searching. So I got to put some drugs up there to get somebody to be down there for nine minutes. Is that what you're saying? I instantly went to like those camper like headlamps. Oh my gosh. Like, Miss, we're going up to search your vagina. <laughs> we're spelunking deep within yeah, the cavernous walls of your... <laughs> Nine minutes. She's like, you guys, are you good? Are you guys still in there? It's like One echoing. more left turn. Hold We've on. We've found it. <laughs> left sector clear. <laughs> got pickaxes and shit. The fraggles. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You still wow. got the rope. They got somebody wow. holding a rope, like, standing by the side of the road. Oh, my gosh. They're in the, the, the fucking, what is it, the beneath of the beyond, whatever, the fucking Sense. stranger things. Oh. Underworld. Upside down. The upside down. I don't down. even watch that stupid show. Yeah. Oh, my no. gosh. Sorry. I got a tangent there. I like that tangent. My imagination Caver- went a little, Cavernous tangent. Went a little wild. Um... But yeah, I mean, they they literally were just trying to to find any reason for it to stick. I mean, and they've what it all it all led up to. I mean, just prior to the shooting. So I mean, when you this these are all leading up to to this huge event. But in May uh, of 2017, it was actually May 14th, Mother's Day of 2017. Oh God, this one um, kills me. The the police uh, killed a man named Tashi Farmer. Murdered him. Now, Tashi Farmer was literally running down the strip saying he was being chased. He may have been gotten into an altercation. Maybe people were trying to mug him or rob him. We don't really know. Because what happened was the police who see this man who's panicked and asking for their help, instead of going, okay, sir, sorry, sorry, you're safe, you're safe. Calm down. What can we do to help you? said, show us your hands. What are you doing? We don't trust you, black man who's walking up to us in a sweaty manner. And so Tashi gets nervous and turns and starts running down the, down, running away from these cops because all he wanted was help and they weren't going to give it yeah, to him. Yeah, and he was already panicking. I mean, of course he's, he's going to yeah. run away. So he turns and starts running. They start chasing him. They tase him multiple times, yeah. six, seven times. Yeah. I mean, tase him. Get on your stomach. He's like, I'm trying. I can't. I can't. I mean, he's panicked. He doesn't know why he's being attacked now by the cops. They roll him over, um, and one of the cops gets on his back and applies what I can only uh, describe as a rear naked choke, which is basically if you've ever seen UFC, you just mount the back and you get your hands. In UFC, you can tap out, and most people do in just a couple seconds because otherwise your air gets cut off. Mm -hmm. He applies this for over a minute on a man who's now handcuffed, tased on the ground and he applies this 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 chokehold literally tell cops and also like, not done anything wrong no no he hasn't done anything let's, let's get that nothing let's at all he has nothing too. on him i mean he didn't pull any kind of weapon yeah so there is there's force being applied against this man seven times multiple cops are on wrong. top of him the cops are like you can let him go and the cops are like are you sure 
no, I'll, I'll keep holding for, you know, I'm going to keep holding. Yeah, some of the cops actually are kept saying, him, let him stop, go. Dan, Yeah, a lot stop. of them are saying, let him go. Is his name Dan? I swear it's, it's Dan. It's something. This, this is I the guy you see murdered stop. in the documentary. I mean, this is like all and on camera. He dies. terrifying. He, he dies. dies. They, they, he chokes him to death. A man Literally who with ran, his bare hands. ran yeah. to the cops just minutes before asking for help. And the cops murdered him. Yep. Once again, they go in the news. And there's McKay Hill. Well, here's McMahill. the McMahill, 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 whatever it is, McMahill. And they said, and here he is on the news saying, well, let me show you his criminal past. His fucking criminal past? A man runs up to you for help and you guys have to fucking show his criminal past? And it was past? like, some of it was like over 20, 20 years, years ago. It was ridiculous. It's bullshit. They were just stretching for anything they could find. Just it to is take bullshit. away the... the you know the the wrongdoing the on their that part. They murdered yes. this poor guy who had some kind of obvious guys, mental illness with your bare hands. With bare hands, this it wasn't is a even cop a gun. Who is looking at a dude's face and didn't let go because well, other because cops why? are telling him to let because go because why? Because he's a fucking murderer. That's yeah. what I'm saying. That is exactly. an unchecked person murderer. who is allowed to have a gun and who is allowed to murder another person in cold blood with on bare the strip. Hands. Yep, Lucero, I believe, was his name. I remember I hear him, I can hear him say Lucero, Officer Lucero. But you know what? Fucking murderer. Yeah. Fucking murderer. What other person do you do you like? I said you, he wasn't defending his life. This is just a dude who was all right. His conscience was totally fine. Yeah. Putting his hands around another guy and choking him to death. Right. Until the life left his body. You clearly I sound so felt, dramatic You today, clearly felt this man seriously. dying in your arms. You know, look, oh you, you have to know how long a, a rear naked choke is effective on a person. Like, it's not, he you was know like, what you're fucking doing. He was like sitting doing. on top of him, like choking yeah, he had him, him. From the back, yeah. I mean, and completely. other cops are saying, let him go. Let like, him you go. Can hear stop. Him they're the telling tape. him, it's not even terrifying. like, they're telling him, you stop. Yeah. Stop what you are doing. Like, that's a command. Yeah. That's also a command that you are being told by another officer. This is clearly not someone who should be a police officer. No, it's not even. It's a person who should be in jail for murder because you have the capacity within you to kill another person and be Mm -hmm. okay with it. Well, a lot of people watch you, and it's and you didn't even even try to do anything other than kill that person. That's so scary. That's terrifying. That's a psychopath. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You guys, every time you flip this, the situation and just say, if it were the civilian in that scenario. Oh, yeah, totally. Who was on top of another dude and who was being screamed at yeah. to stop I, can, I can hear the lawyer right now. And had no right reason to, to, to choke a man to death. Right. You would go, okay, what's our defense? Right. What the, do we have against, what, yeah. how can we even defend what this guy did? The yeah. lawyer would just stand there and go, the defendant, knowing full well that he was choking a man, held this choke for, no reason. for yeah. no reason for he, over a minute and a half. No life was being defended. There was no crime it's, that was committed. But, he wasn't. But there is no trial because no? it's a cop. Because they just get a vacation. Because you get six weeks off. And if you know what, if you did it, we'll let you go. But you get a huge settlement and then you go work for some private security company. Oh, my God. Where you're even more unchecked. Ah. And this is Lombardo's. This is Lombardo's police force. Now, this is the police force that got to handle, was in charge of this huge unfortunate event that took place in their city. This shooting, and we've covered this, and, and I'm, I'm not going to get into the conspiracies. We've covered that. You can go back over the four episodes that we did on that. But this is the town. This town with a reputation for changing narratives, as we saw in the, in the Vegas shooting. 
losing evidence, as we've seen in the Vegas shooting, changing the story, not releasing video footage, all of it. All of it is now part of this story that has been going on for years with the same dudes doing the same thing over and over again, and now they're in charge of the largest mass shooting in America. They're in charge of giving us the information. They're in charge of releasing the footage. They're in charge of, like we said, this open investigation into a dead man who was apparently a lone shooter. And here's here's the thing also regarding Vegas, all right? Uh, uh, all conspiracies aside, because I, I really think that there's so much more to this. However, there is something to this that is quite concrete. It's a fact. Um, and it and I guess you could say it played into it. I'm I'm not really sure how much blame I'm willing to give this loophole um for this. However, it does kind of make some sense. And that is that a lot of the casinos down there have a private police line that is entirely separate from the public and universal nine one one that you would call. And they have this kind of backdoor line to the police that's directly for the use um, when it high is regarding guests. high roller guests. So anytime something happens, they can call the police using this line and report the incident and they can kind of handle it because they kind of view these people as different, you know, above other people or a higher situation, if you will. So and these lines, unlike the 911 calls, aren't public. And they're not recorded, I don't think, or mm-hmm. have to be. And they don't have half the transcripts turned over. So um, when this happened, when Vegas happened, um, and again, I mean, I'd also like to know, well, who called? Because Jesus Campos didn't say that he called anybody. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure who found out or who made the call. But when they did make the initial, I guess you could say, 911 call, it was not made to 911. It was made to this back you know, backdoor line, I guess you could call it, to the police. So it's entirely separate. Um, it, it it took time for the operators to even realize that both of the events were connected, you know, that the, yeah. the person who was any of this. So, I mean, you could say that there goes there's blame right there in the fact that they were uh, trying to go around the law because of high rollers being treated special right. versus being treated like every other criminal. Stephen Paddock was treated us if this is the official story like i said i'm not sure how much i'm willing to allow this little police line to be a scapegoat for the entire possibility that it was a giant conspiracy that was set up and it wasn't just oh well then the event was natural how we reacted was so to speak you know a a protocol conspiracy this is entirely different so but and also they they mentioned in the documentary that because they called a different line, the dispatchers weren't putting one and two together. That's what I said. Yeah. They didn't connect that there was any. They didn't realize the so, shots mm-hmm. from the hotel room were. Which linked. is which is which just... is still silly because they're they're saying that they treated Stephen Paddock like a high roller, um, and so instead of treating him like a guy who had a gun, uh, who was barricaded in his room, um, and all it... that kind of stuff. Which I mean, you would have known if you were had, right. had your instead of treating him and... like a man. Uh, cowering in his car, a man carrying a gun at Costco, stealing a candy bar, a man stealing a candy bar, a man asking police for help. I mean, we know Las Vegas that you can react with extreme prejudice when when a man has a gun, or there's and it's not just a black man or a white man; it's any man, right? So, so why? 
Why then? And now we can, all of those questions that we ask, podcast after podcast about the footage, about the, the, the timeline, about all of this stuff, mm-hmm. now starts to make sense. Because now we have a pattern of this. We have a pattern of them taking people and, like you said, uh, you know, trying to smear them in the public, trying to, we've, we've lost footage. We don't release footage. We change the narrative. Like, this is, this is, this is of course Almost what you like do. Almost like you had a location scout and decided Las Vegas oh, was hey. the best place Yeah, look, if to we're going to do this, we should probably do yeah. Vegas. They've Where got they have a track record for cover all corruption and right. changing the story and, and now, evading the law that is is who you are, I guess. And, I mean, like, you're above yourselves at this point. Exactly. And now we have a history and a timeline showing that Lombardo and all of his cronies grew, you know, grew up under this Gillespie who was treated the who was treated the same way and now they are getting these huge donations from people on the strip the casino owners the MGM corporation who owns Mandalay Bay has given huge amounts of money to Sheriff Lombardo's reelection campaign so why wouldn't he constantly change the narrative to make these people like you said if this is the official narrative look better mm-hmm. and not have to pay out these huge liabilities because of the way they handled the situation what if that's all this was what if this was just a lone gunman happened the way it happened and it seems so mysterious all because these people don't want to lose millions and millions of dollars and that's why all of this footage is gone and that's because it's they're covering their financial asses which i mean is- i do i do think that there is obviously the liabilities that even if this were a conspiracy that they had thought out they didn't think out the full um list of consequences meaning the liabilities like a timeline or things like that and understanding those kinds of things that they just wouldn't have had the fourth uh, site for. Um, but I, I also think that, you know, I as I look at this and when it happened, it's so big. It's so in your face. I'm just like, really? How are, how are they thinking anyone's going to buy this? Right. And now I'm just like, because they have. How, how do they now think that anyone the is going to get away with this? Because they have. Yeah, it's gone. They always have. Yeah. They've. That's why. Because, they thought and then that, that plays I, in... I really feel like if this, if this were a conspiracy and they thought, how are we ever going to convince people of this? Because they had been doing it all along. They have, they have known that they could completely control a situation and alter it and change it all along. Oh, right. yeah. So to me, it was, it was a shock to me. It would not be a shock to them. And you know, that, and it wouldn't seem big to them. And that plays mm-hmm. into the whole, um, you know, the theories of, of steering news stories and distracting us with other things and planting other stories. And so, uh, you know, now it's like, uh, well, we, we thought about Vegas for the two weeks that it was there, but now there's another story. Now there's another thing. Yeah. And now there's another thing. And now we're all distracted. And now we can, you know. And then these stories don't get thought about. And the only people who keep bringing them up, people go, no, well, they solved that. Remember, he's dead. It's done. Well, no, it didn't get solved. Like, how are you not curious we about it? We still have a why. Yeah. There's no why. Yeah, there's no still, one has said no, why about anything. We still no haven't motive. seen one frame of footage. We keep harping yep. on that. It's been almost three months. Not one frame. Not one single frame of Stephen Paddock in Vegas. Checking Even though a, Vegas is having all a fucking, cameras. Having a fucking breakfast sandwich. Anything. Nothing mundane. Anything. It doesn't happen. And, Parking and, his car. And now it makes all the sense in the world because we've been dealing with these same people who've been getting away with it for years and years. It's like that movie I was talking about where uh, uh, Scorsese's Casino. You know, where it talks about Sam Rothstein, who 
um, got a bunch of money from the mob and was in charge of running a casino. And they talk about through all that, about bribing the police department, about people who work at the casinos because there's somebody's, some councilman's brother, and how the cops, if they caught a cheater, the cops would just say, okay, tell you what, you got two options. Either we can smash your hand to bits with a hammer and you can walk out of here or we'll, you know, take you out to the desert and nobody will ever find you again. Because they were on the they were on the payrolls of these hotels, and that's how it was run. And when you think about Vegas, and you go, "Okay, sure, it's not the '70s anymore. It's not the Wild West. It wasn't, yeah, you know." But I mean, it's like but it's, they probably got better at that kind of stuff. Exactly. They've I mean, had it, years it kind of is the Wild West. I feel like because I feel like it's not even like yes, it's located in the U.S., but like it is not a, a it, it is. There is so much it's, it's foreign money world. involved yeah. in right. in law. There's so much different oh, yeah. money, mixed money, like coming from it's a, you, it's the, international. Foreign, that's right. what I'm saying. Yes. It's international money, so it's almost like it's it is owned by the Wild West. Oh, it right. is very it much is. out there yeah. doing it its own thing. It is above it the law because there it's some of the wealthiest people in the world right. that have their hands in that pie. And I mean, honestly, at, at that point, it's like. There was that whole theory or conspiracy as that they really wanted an upped security system in the casinos and that it was, you know, the people who owned them that wanted this increase in security, these these things like that. And that was kind of the idea behind how do we push that same conspiracy behind 9-11 or whatever, right. you know, we yeah. increase security. So we have to give them a reason to want it. Right. So if they wanted increased security, I mean. To us, it's a lot of people. Fifty-eight people died, but to them, they're like, "Eh, fifty-eight people. We got our shit passed. Cool." Yeah, we like, get now. We don't have to spend oh, hundreds God. of millions of dollars. They don't it's, care. It'll be federal they are, funding or whatever. We don't mean anything to them, and I'm right. sorry to say that because that's that's the tragedy of this is that we're, we're fucking we're ants nothing. to them. Yeah, and so I, I I mean the dehumanization of people is is the hardest part of of what is. You know the corruption in our is what it is. Right. Is that they have dehumanized humans, yeah, and that's and what the, that that allots for the corruption. It, it gives an excuse for the corruption. I think it allows them to sit better with the corruption, but it doesn't take away that it's still happening and that right. we are people and we are humans. So, but it's it's not. It's a it's a it's a military tactic. That's when people say the militarization of the police. It doesn't mean and and yes, I mean if you if you look at it, you know, it's like we watch Home Alone. We were talking about that, right? The cops that go over to the house. They're the they're the they're the wacky cop with the six little revolver. They all have pistol. an accent like this, you know, <laughs> like hey there, how you doing? And there, they got guys. the pointy hat. Every fucking cop I see now has got a fucking SWAT tactical vest. Oh, He's yeah. got boots. He's got a fucking shotgun and a machine gun in his car. And they 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 do they the militarization is more a mentality where people instead of instead of like thinking yeah we're here to serve and protect we're to take care of the people. It's this mentality of. Uh, Everyone's a perpetrator. Yeah. I mean, honestly, and I'm like, I don't know how many times, and maybe you can share the sentiment, but like, oftentimes I'll see a cop and I get, I don't like feel a sigh of relief, like, oh, good, there's someone looking out for the area. I'm always like, fuck, who are they going to try to pin something on, or who are they yeah. going to try to accuse of speeding or say they were doing this? Like, right. there's a sense yeah. of fear that comes like, into your mind instead of instead of relief when you see, and I just think that's that's the bass backwards from how it should be, obviously, but. um I forgot what I was just going to say, but anyhow, we'll, we'll move on and maybe I'll come back around to it. But it's true. But that's the, the, We shouldn't have that kind of feeling towards police. Oh, I, that's what I was going to say is that it, when that happens, when we start creating those emotions, when we start fearing the police, that's also horrible to that relationship as well. Because, you know, then the police can say it, it's becoming that way. It's becoming us against the public. And now they almost have this, this standing 
reason for why they do anything. You know, well, we had to. They they're they're against us. You know, that's that's them against the cops. Yeah, and we're so just confirming. They that already attitude. have a motivation for something Ugh. they do or a reason to pin on you know actions that they might take that were out of line. So. You know what would demolish that is if Larry Burns' method was used I know, more. Right. Exactly. And police yep. were here to serve well, the community and, think, and talk to us. I think we're kind of at that point, right? I mean, let's face it. We're it's like uh it's like movies, right? It's like superhero movies are a perfect example of how our country works. It's like they they were they were silly for the longest time, right? They were just silly properties that were for kids. And then they got to a point where they were so silly that nobody liked them. So what do they do? They start over and everything has to be real gritty and reality based. <laughs> and then it gets to a point where it's so gritty that there's no fun anymore. So what do they do? Add more jokes. And now shit gets jokey again, right? And that's kind of how this country works. We're at a point where like we had a we had a fun president. We had Obama. He was cool, you know. Jay-Z was at the guy. People loved him. He was happy. He was you know, he was charming. And half the country was like, well, fuck that. He's doing shit and meaning. They're finding every reason to get angry. And now they won. And now we're stuck with anger. And we're stuck with all of these people who think that they can be horrible because the right people won. And we have all of that trickling down into different cities where the corruption and the people at the top get what they want. And they have for the longest time. But we're starting to see a point where people are like, no, we can't do this. When The Rock says, I might run for president... That's when you kind of go, okay, well, what have we done to ourselves? We're at a point now where it seems so fucking ridiculous that the rock, the guy from the fucking Fast and Furious, people are going, but he says, I'm going to run for president. People go, well, fuck, you know what? That's not a bad (laughs) idea. I mean, he's going to be better. I mean, he's like, like I said, he is, he is perfect because he is the perfect representation of the American dream working for someone. Oh, that's it. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, that. he really totally. is. And so, like, if anything, uh, you know, like, that's, that's, that's starting from the bottom now we're here. You know what I mean? Like, right. that is, he understands that, so. But, but to be at a point where our option is, look, we can't do politicians anymore. We have no, to. No, I don't know, but why is that a bad thing? I mean, but nobody, po- no poli- politicians, that's a stigma. It's not what what I'm saying is we're back at a position where we've kind of swung from it being so serious and down. We tried this. We tried the guy who's going to come out and and rule with the iron fist and the country's not going to stand for it. And just like Lombardo's reelection, I would I would assume with his reelection coming up that you'll probably see Larry Burns run again. And I would love to I I would love to be paying attention to that to that. Uh, election because I mean you probably will start seeing people start getting more and more sick and just going look I'm done I can't deal with these people this old money this old corruption and hopefully instead of a French Revolution where we're all you know in the streets with the uh, with the aristocracy but uh, but at least like a revolution of people going look we're sick of it we want things we want acceptance and people and you know we want people who represent like you said the American dream and people who who want to try this and I, I have more hope than than, uh, I don't know, skepticism that will actually end up turning this around, that people like Larry Burns will get a shot. Yay. I mean, I think it's cool. And I think it'd be cool if The Rock, not just because he's a wrestler, but because, (laughs) I mean, he has, like, the most public backstory. Right. It's like, you know everything about this dude. Like, it's all there for you to see. There's, like, all these shady-ass politicians who are like, you don't know anything about my life, but I'm here to try to tell you how to live yours. Right. You know what I mean? Fuck that. Like, I don't. Yeah. 
I don't know. Remember I mean, when we remember when I didn't say the f word on this podcast and when we didn't? Oh my I mean, god! There was like I'm so, so much glad innocence I came on and after so much. That. I just now I just have like so much. I don't know emotions. Well, it's true though. I Bottled mean, anger and when and it does. I mean, it makes you angry because all of this and everything we ever talk about, it's like, and that's the reason these rabbit holes exist because we start talking about something and then something else comes up and then you, you kind of have to keep going down that and going down that and it just keeps getting darker and darker and more and more sad. But it also makes more and more sense because now Vegas and the way it was handled and all of those questions we had about the press conferences and the timelines, it fucking makes so much sense because that's what these fuckers do. Yep, totally. That's that's totally. their mo. Of course, yeah. they fucking did now that. We know that's it's what they always new. do. So I mean, yeah, it is depressing. But like I said, I really believe that the people are are fucking wising up and that we're not going to allow this to happen. It's the Trump. Trump was a horrible thing, and all of these corruptions are a horrible thing. But I think that they proved to the American people that like hate's not going to win. Like we, we will overcome these people. Well, they'll they'll be they'll be done because I mean we will find a way to overcome these these times like we just have to <laughs> so I don't know I but it like I said makes all the sense in the world as to why we asked every question we did because it's just well they're know. not even hard questions it's right just but common I, sense it's just any question right but that now it makes sense why there's no answers to I mean, these it's common sense like questions you gotta like ask yourself like am I crazy for asking these questions right. like, no. Mm-mm. It seems like we should be, but we're not because yeah, I'm like I don't think I'm crazy. Yeah, because now we have all these other questions. <laughs> I'm like, how come people aren't asking these questions? So you shoot an innocent man and you smear him. What? Then you get so a raise? Sad. Huh? All of this made me so sad. Yeah, it's an awful documentary. I mean, it's good because it's so honest, and I love the reason the guy made the documentary. I think that's so yeah. cool. But to expose it after he went through it. But it, it, but you're right. It is depressing and and to watch. Uh, but you should watch it. You should watch it and be informed, especially if you followed along and you, uh, you know, you've you've listened to all of the Vegas episodes that we've done and, and paid attention. This will give you a lot of backstory on that. Again, it's on, um, it's on the iTunes. You can find it there. It's just called uh, What Happened in Vegas, I believe. Right? It's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because and it, and be careful not to buy the uh, Ashton Kutcher movie. Yeah, I was gonna say a comedy came up when I first searched for yeah, it. I was like, that's not right. It's uh, it's by a man uh, named Ramsey Dennison. He's the uh, he's the director and producer. But yeah, um, I'd download that. I'd pay for it. I did. Twelve ninety nine. Twelve ninety nine. Totally worth it. Totally worth it. So go on iTunes, watch that. Um, but yeah, fuck. I don't know. <laughs> I don't see any escape because it's like We're we still sad. have so much stuff coming up. That's like, oh, it's still just the worst. Like, um, yeah, there's some stuff. Well, it's yeah. just depressing because you go, that's the way the world works. Oh, and it's now just I know heartbreaking. It. And that's so sucks. heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> yeah. all that. Happy holidays, everyone. Yeah. You know what? It's okay. We're looking forward to a new year. Bright, happy new year. Coming um, up. Seriously, okay. though. It's going to be okay. Melissa, I yes. feel like you have some news you need to share with everybody. I don't have any news. Yes, you do. <laughs> You're talking about my class? Yes, I am. Tell oh, me yeah, about what you did. This is super cool. Oh, since my name's Melissa Merlot, I'm on the path to be a small yay. I think so that is so freaking my, cool. my level one. Congratulations Which is the to introduction. You. Thank you. That is so cool. I'm not a small yay yet. Wait a second. You guys got to understand. I get like, certified when I hit level two. If you so know anything next. about becoming a small yay, it is like one of the hardest things 
ever. Yeah, to be they a master sommelier, you on, like, it's The dirt ridiculous. of the regions mm-hmm. where grapes have been grown for like the last 1,800 years. Like, yeah, it's like beyond being a wine It's like you gotta snob. know geography, you gotta know, like, it, it, you do, like, you know, history, Geography, math, history. Like, there's so much. in the different war. countries. Yeah. Yeah. War also, yeah. There's so much. So, I think it's super cool, Melissa. Congratulations. Yeah, I think it's you. cool. I, I, I and was under the impression that you were. I'll be able to recognize wine by taste. I thought you know were going. what region yes. it's from just by taste. There's a cool documentary. I think it's called Psalm. It is called Psalm. Yeah. If you and guys haven't seen it. that, check out well, Psalm. Part two also that has the is the histories of wine mm-hmm. and regions, which is really neat. And I think that's so cool. I I was under the impression that you were actually going to be a Somali pirate. I would so, love oh. to be a Somali pirate. I feel like the life I, feel like the I was qualifications born are less for the pirate actually yeah, than the Somali. A lot more work being yeah. a Somali. <laughs> but that's cool because once you're once you're certified, we'll then we'll constantly be like. Hey, what uh, what wine goes best with? Uh, oh yeah, Wendy's. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> with Wendy's. Yeah, I don't know. Nice Merlot. Beaujolais. You can't have a Beaujolais with a hot dog though. I do yeah, know that's that. true. Beaujolais that's true. compliments a hot dog very well. Um, so. That's my cuisine. I don't know. Um, I'm I'm looking at the calendar. I don't know if we'll be dropping another one before the end of the year. This we're may all be so the, busy. The, yeah, we may not have another one till after New Year's. If that's the case. Ooh, then send us suggestions, please. Can we yeah. ask for that? Does anybody want to hear like, something? Maybe like Conspiracy. theories about unicorns or like yeah. that mermaids unicorns, exist. Leprechauns. Or... We could look into leprechauns. <laughs> no, mermaids don't exist. They were all sex trafficked. Oh, shit. We fell oh over back gosh. down. No. Listen. Yeah. Send us, uh, send us any kind of um, ideas that you want us to talk about on the podcast. Yeah. If you have stories, I'd love to do another one of those where we play listener stories. Oh, yeah, that was fun. It's super I think fun. We have like a couple stories that yeah. we haven't read yet. That yeah, so have sent us, if so. you have a story and experience, send it to us. Um, and then also, please, like we say every time, go on the iTunes and uh, take time to rate and review the show. It helps us get more, you know, uh, coverage, I guess. You know, they push us up the ranks and more people can know about us. And, yeah, it's fun. So go on there and write a review and give us some stars, and uh, we appreciate it. Um, and yeah, if we don't see you until next year, have a great holiday and a happy new year. Um, sorry that we've depressed you so it's much over the last summer. few <laughs> months. I mean, you guys asked for more, so yeah, they were like, "Come back, we need another episode." All right, here you go. Police this season, we love you guys. Yeah. We're yeah. so lucky for all of you. Yes. Yeah, we real, really real talk. We really are um, to have been you know able to do this many episodes and to have people who listen to it and and find us and spread the word and tell their friends. I mean, you guys are awesome. So thank you so much for listening. On behalf of uh, Danny and Melissa and Sasha and everybody here at the Area Fifty Two Recording Facilities, we just want to say have a great holiday season, a happy New Year, and hey, we'll see you next year. How long I've been on? I don't care if the sun don't shine. I do my drinking in the evening time when I'm in Las Vegas. You can sit in the sun and camp. I get my color from a sunray lamp when I'm in Las Vegas. Vegas. I love the laughs and love the life. There's fun of every kind. Next time I come, I'll bring my wife. I'll do that if I lose my mind. A wife in Vegas, take my advice. It's like going to China with a sack of rice. But I'll 